What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for episode 27 of Hit the Books podcast. Lined up for you this week. We got NHL trade deadline talk, some big moves going on. NFL trading, a lot going on this week as well. March Madness, we're moving into Sweet 16. NHL playoff picture, we're coming down to the wire. Who's going to make the playoffs? I'm looking forward to the NHL playoffs. It's going to be a great time. Hopefully the Pens can make it happen. Or... But without further ado, let's introduce the boys. Huff, Mackie, what's going on, boys? How's it going this week? Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Another week back. A lot happening right now in the NFL free agency world, the NHL trade deadline. And obviously, we had the, we're now through the first weekend of March Madness looking ahead. We got the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight this weekend. So definitely a great weekend of sports coming up ahead of us. Mackie, what's going on with you? Yeah, what's going on, boys? Yeah, we got uh, March Madness. Still a lot of March Madness to be played. My bracket's still going good, so uh, a lot to talk about there. You know, you got the NHL trade deadline. There's a lot, a lot going on right now, so we've been really shitty on the card lately, but stick with us. We'll, uh, we'll pick it up. Yeah, last night, last night was tough. We had a tough beat on the Rangers, having a two-goal lead and ended up losing outright. But You can't perform like that. It's just brutal. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, boys. Let's jump right in. Let's start with the NFL. Some big trades going on lately. Bucks holding on to Fournette. Saints re-signing quarterback Winston. Falcons trade Ryan, Matt Ryan to the Colts. Stafford gets four-year, $160 million extension with the Rams. Steelers sign Gunnar Olszewski. Two years, $4.2 million. Juju Smith-Schuster reached deal with the Chiefs. One year, $10.75 million. What else you guys got for me? I saw something. Uh, talk. Go ahead. Let's talk. Let's talk about uh, Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. Yeah, because this is now a big thing going on where you have to start to think that the Chiefs maybe are. If look at that deal that they got Juju on that one year, you said ten million. I've heard something where the guarantees go down to as low as two point four nine million for the deal that he got is only guaranteed. What's guaranteed on the deal. Uh, everything that's based left in the deal is incentive based, obviously. With and I think one of them is the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. I mean, him playing in so many games with the receptions and stuff like that. So, yeah, the big number on the contract for the one year. Um, but a lot of that I did here is incentive based. But you have to think that the Chiefs look at that deal as a prove it deal for a guy like Juju who had the injury this past season and. You have to think Mahomes and Andy Reid are thinking highly of the guy. If they're going to go out and trade, they're, if not number one, 1A target, 1B, you know, however you want to say it, Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins, another team in the AFC that you're going to have to play on your way to the Super Bowl. Not saying Miami is ready to go to the Super Bowl, but just saying you're trading them in, inside your own conference. That's something that, you know, you that shows to me at least. They, think, they look at Juju and they think Mahomes can get it done with Juju Hardman and uh, Robinson, all the other guys, Alaire, Kelsey, you know, they have all the weapons in Kansas City. That just tells me they look at it's kind of a plug-and-play in that offense there that, you know, they don't necessarily feel they needed Tyreek Hill or the deal was just too good to turn down. Uh, I don't know, Mackie, what do you think? I think uh, they're looking for Juju to step up and take a big role on here. I mean, you had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey as the biggest one-two punch in the league for how many years? And now you're just going to ship him off. I think that's um, I think that's putting a lot more pressure on Kelsey's hands because 
you know, you don't have your right-hand man right here anymore, but, you know, they're looking for Juju to step up in, into that position and probably play a role like Tyreek Hill did. Obviously, they're different players, so, you know, he can't play exactly like him, but I don't know. I think um, I think Tyreek Hill is a lot better, or um, Pat Mahomes is a lot better off without Tyreek Hill than Tyreek Hill is without Mahomes. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I think... I don't know. It's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of year Juju has. I was obviously very excited to see him not necessarily leave us, but go to that team just to be able to watch a player that I like to root for and him go to a high-powered offense like that with Hill, obviously assuming that he was going to be there with him. You know, Juju assume, assumingly would have taken the number two role to Tyreek Hill, and, you know, that offense would have been crazy with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Juju, but I don't know if it was a money issue that they had to clear up space necessarily. They definitely, they definitely just had to clear up room. You know, they didn't want to. Same thing with the Cowboys. They didn't want to spend the money on Amari Cooper. Just clear up cap space. Exactly, and with all the, I mean, do you see the list of draft picks they got back? It's like a first this year, a second this year, a second next year, a fourth the year after. In the long haul, it's it's a, it's a real good move that they made. Yeah. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how Juju, like you said, steps up into this role that the Kansas City Chiefs are, I think, expecting him to be. I think he'll be right. I think he's ready for this. We'll see. I'm excited for him. I like Juju. I know he gets a lot of hate, obviously, because of his little TikTok shenanigans, but... I never had a problem with him. I always thought he was a good player on the field. Yeah, for you to be a Pittsburgh fan and not even like love him as like, and he he was your one number one receiver at some point. So yeah, we're do, this is I've seen this too much with the Steelers over the past seven years. We don't keep our receivers; they they stay here for like four years, five years, and then they're lucky to get a contract here. Like you look all the way back at like the years of you know Ben and Mike Wallace, and then under Mike Wallace it was Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders. And then, obviously, that's when Sanders got the big deal to go to Denver. And that's when Mike Wallace got the big deal to go to Miami. And that's when A.B. slid into the number one role for, obviously, at six, seven years. I don't know how many years Antonio Brown was a stealer. Uh, we know what happened there. That's when Juju slid into the role. And now we're going to see Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool slide into that role. And you got to think the Steelers are looking to draft someone in the next, if not this year, next year for receiver. Uh, we have a lot of holes on our te- on our defense and offense, so I think wide receivers of year that we can take a kind of a gap position where get a couple guys to fill in the depth chart and kind of address that role next year. But um, I I did see something they were exploring trades for Claypool or something, um, but I I would like love that. I'm not a big Chase Claypool guy, but I am also excited to see how Deontay Johnson does as the true one going into training camp with the full expectations of being the number one receiver in the NFL. But because um, obviously last year he went into the season behind Juju on the depth chart. Juju got the injury and, you know, Deontay, he, he did fix his dropping issue last season compared to the year before it being known for all the drops and stuff like that. But um, Deontay, he had a, obviously a Pro Bowl year last year. He was one of the fill-ins, but... I am excited for both of these guys being Juju going to Kansas City and now Deontay Johnson sliding into the official number one role uh, with the Steelers. You know, having Trubisky, whether it be Trubisky under center, another, while we're on the Steelers, might as well say this, I'm hearing 
on all these draft boards and all over ESPN that the Steelers and Pittsburgh radio, that the Steelers are just obsessed with Malik Willis. And um, I'm hearing that they're willing to trade up to get him if they feel it's necessary. So um, it looks and like what the Steelers... And what was getting Trubisky? What was getting Trubisky for? They think if if Malik Willis isn't ready, they're going to do the Trubisky deal. They The Steelers got that at a, a very team-friendly deal. They look, that, they look at that as bringing the veteran in. He was accepted. He accepted the backup role. If, if for some reason Trubisky comes in and maybe struggles in camp, and Willis is like slinging the ball down the field, if we do end up drafting him, uh, they're just going to battle it out. It's really going to be a quarterback battle at camp this year already between Trubisky, Rudolph, and Haskins. Not really saying Rudolph or Haskins are really in position to be the starter. Maybe obviously the presum- presumptual starter is Trubisky, but I'm hearing that Tomlin and uh, the Steelers general manager are obsessed with Malik Willis, but they were also at the Ole Miss Pro Day today to watch Matt Corral's Pro Day. So it's looking like the Steelers are t- definitely shopping quarterbacks. And I, I've been saying for months I want them to go offensive line to get Najee, you know, to get the run, boost the run blocking. But they have brought in, they have addressed that via free agency. They've brought in a couple of pieces, not really too huge. But I do think if if Tomlin loves Malik Willis and he's willing to say that's my guy, I, I trust him. So uh, if he's the next coming of Sean Watson or Lamar Jackson, yeah, take take him with your pick. I mean, you know what I mean. Those guys know football more than me. I'm gonna trust their opinion when they say this guy has talent. I can't say I watch too many Liberty games, but yeah. I did watch I did watch his pro day highlights. The kid can sling the ball and he can move. So definitely would bring an excitement to a to an offense that's been kind of obviously we know the style that the Steelers played the past 17 18 years with number seven under center really not moving too much around and getting a guy like Malik Willis under center that would really I mean give Tomlin free reign on the play calling but you know he might take a seat behind Trubisky if Trubisky you know looks better in camp and Willis looks like he has a couple things that he could work on throughout the season under a veteran like Trubisky it might be beneficial to a young guy like him being only 22 years old. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens with the draft. But I'm starting to want Malik Willis to be a Steeler. Yeah, I don't know. I think he'd be good for you guys. I I, I haven't seen much on him, but I know he's a um, nice mobile quarterback. So. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, all these years watching Ben, it's just, like, seeing all these fun mobile quarterbacks – and like having to deal with the dual threat of like they can sling the ball or just move around. I'm just ready for like a new style of offense. You know what I mean? Yeah, see what Tomlin can do with it. Yeah, exactly. It's literally like when the Ravens went from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson. Like, complete different. You know what I mean? Like, obviously yeah. Flacco is not the quarterback Roethlisberger was, but Willis isn't the quarterback Jackson is. You know what I mean? Not yet. So it's just, yeah, exactly. It's just the comparison of the style of play. The the pocket passer compared to the mobility guy, but a lot of people are comparing Malik Willis to Deshaun Watson. It's a good comparison, I guess. He's, I mean, getting, I, high, he's getting high praise, that's for sure. Yeah, that is. yeah, that's a good comparison to get. Hopefully on the field comparisons. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want him off the field. <laughs> We were talking receivers. Let's talk another receiver that got moved, Devontae Adams, the, the Raiders. 
Yeah, what do you th- what do you think that does for uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders here? I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah, obviously he's gonna help your team out, but what? Like, why are you going to a, to a team in that division, especially the the Raiders out of out of everyone? I mean, like, here's my thing with Derek Carr. He's like, when I think of Derek Carr, I just think of like the max potential is like a wild card game, and like he might win it. You know what I mean? Like, he's not guaranteed. You can, to win he's it. not. He's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I mean, exactly. I like he I, might I'm, win he might win you a playoff game, like thirty percent chance if you get there, he's gonna win the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like he's been there. He has gotten to the playoffs, obviously, but when he gets there, it's just he's such an average quarterback. And it seems like over the past couple seasons that the Raiders have been kind of pushing their chips all in on getting Carr a true weapon to go to. Um, obviously we know he has Waller, we know he has Jacobs in the backfield, but Obviously, Renfro's a very nice piece there for him. We know what happened with Ruggs, and but you look at imagine the they still had Ruggs. Yeah, but you look at the receivers that have left the Raiders organization over the past so many years. Like they drafted Amari Cooper, he got the hell out of there. Then Antonio Brown went there, pulled his little stunt, and wanted the hell out of there. It's just like you have to wonder if it's a thing like these receivers not wanting to play with, not wanting to play with Carr or. If it's something else, but it certainly doesn't look good on a quarterback that all these receivers come in and leave that fast. You know, Vegas isn't a very, it's an easy city to just act normal in. You know, it's like you're a famous person in Vegas, you're gonna act out a little. I mean, yeah, I would, but if I'm in the NFL, it's like it's just so tough. That team is just getting such a bad rap with all these players that are getting in trouble. Yeah. You know, Derek Hart's got to get, get, get them like in a, I feel like there's a couple other big moves that I did want to talk about. I'm kind of blanking right now, but I have I have pro football focus pulled up. Deshaun to the Browns, you can talk about that. Yeah. yeah, so I do need to pull up FanDuel, obviously. I want to look at the odds for the AFC North. I believe the Browns are the betting favorite to win the division going into next season. That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, after the the Bengals lose in the Super Bowl, uh, the additions that the Browns make, bringing in Deshaun Watson, you know, they could be the potential favorite to win the AFC North. Yeah, definitely Cleveland kind of going all in for sure. So, yeah, plus 185, the favorite to win the division. Right behind them, the Baltimore Ravens, plus 200. Cincinnati what? Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals in third at plus 220. And the Steelers at plus 850 in the basement of the division. Wow, the Steelers. Dude, they draft Malik Willis. That, those odds might go down. Not like... That division's just so close. I mean, that, that, was, yeah. the Bengals, that was the Bengals last year. That's what I'm saying. They were like plus 3,000. Everyone else was like plus 200. That's what I'm saying. And if we draft Willis and he is the player that people are comparing him to, and like, you know, you can change up that offense, like anything can happen in this division. Same with the AFC West this year. Really, anything can happen. Like, you look at the odds for to win the AFC West, it's the Chiefs. Obviously, they're going to be the favorite, plus 150. They're not. I was going to say they're not minus, right? No, plus 150. The Chargers are plus 240, and the Broncos plus 280. Raiders, plus 600, even. Yeah, that's that's a closer division, I think, than the AFC North. Yeah. That's a crazy division. It's insanely competitive. 
and you got to play six week, six divisional games. That's tough. My two favorite quarterbacks are now in the same division: Russ and Mahomes. Because hmm. last the past, I was always hoping the past couple seasons, like the steel, obviously rooting for the Steelers, but like dream Super Bowl, that would have been sweet. Fuck, I, I always wanted to see Russ versus Mahomes in the Super Bowl, Seattle versus Kansas City. So who do you want to win that division now? I'd say I'd say Denver, just because of seeing the recent success of Kansas City, and obviously Russ not having won since 2013 and being there since 2014. I definitely want to see this new Denver team have success, but with Juju being in Kansas City, I definitely am rooting more for Russ's success in Denver than Juju's success in Kansas City. That's just because I'm a bigger Russell fan than Juju fan. Yeah, I I, I just still I can't see. Anybody but the Chiefs winning that division. It's it's gonna be who goes into Arrowhead and wins their game and win, beats them at home. It's like it's gonna be who goes two and zero against the Chiefs and has the same record or a game less and the, you know what I mean. They win the tiebreaker or something like that. Yeah, it's gonna come down to something like that. They're not gonna beat like beat them outright. Have a better record than them. They're gonna have to beat them in the divisional record and then like it's going to come down to the divisional record like say the Broncos go 2 and 0 against the Chiefs and like 1 and 1 and 1 against the Chargers but somehow the Chiefs also go 0 and 2 against the Chargers there's the tiebreaker right there boom you know what i mean yeah it'll be something weird like that it's not going to be like the Broncos go 13 and 4 and the Chiefs go whatever 12 and 5 i would see them both having the same record that division is just crazy and then you got the NFC East, who's just Cowboys, Washington, Eagles, Giants. Yeah, Cowboys at minus, as they should be, but... What are they? Minus 125. Most no, of the... All the AFC divisions are minus, except the NFC West. The Rams are plus 150 as the favorite. The Bucks are the and most the, favorite. The Bucks are the most favorite team in the NFC. What? Where's Green Bay? Minus one eighty. The Bucks are the most favored team in the NFL to win their division. Obviously, with the Saint, this condition of the Saints, Panthers, and the Falcons, the Bucks are a minus three twenty to win their division. Three twenty. Wow. Jesse, what do you think of the what do you think of the Steelers' additions or what they should do going into this season? Do you want to see a quarterback, or would you like to see them address maybe the offensive line or the address the run, maybe the run stop and the issues that this team had on defense? I like how you said it. I think offensive line in stopping or building up that run blocking. The quarterback, you know, I think Trubinsky, I really hope he can come in and do well and shine some light, but you never know. I, I think an offensive line is going to really help him or whoever our quarterback is excel at that part. Do you think they're going to make more moves, Huff? Like, do you think much more is coming down the line, or do you think it's... I mean, I have heard that from a lot of people on uh, the radio and ESPN that Steelers feel that, if necessary, they will move up to get Malik Willis. It seems like he's their guy, but um, obviously uh, we've heard that. We've heard scenarios like that before, and then the Steelers come out and just draft some linebacker you've never heard of, but, you know... I'm I'm rooting for us to get Malik Willis. I definitely want him to be my next quarterback. With me, I'm the I, and I'm the one that I I defended the Trubisky 
signing. I was okay with them bringing in Trubisky. I thought it was a good deal for us. I still think it is. Bringing in a young rookie quarterback to have a guy, not necessarily like Trubisky's the Super Bowl winning quarterback, but he's been around the league a couple years now. Just a guy like that to show Malik Willis the ropes of like the, you know, the side of handling yourself as a professional and stuff like that, you know. People forget Malik Willis did transfer from Auburn. You know, he was an SEC guy, recruited, highly recruited to, you know, the SEC, but transferred to Liberty, lit it up, obviously. But I'm definitely excited to see this kid play. I think it would be awesome to have both the choice between both of them. Like you said, if one excels at training camp to take that one over the other. But I would love to have both of them. Like you said, Huff, I think that'd be the best option. Who knows? I'm excited for that. Yeah, that'd be a really good battle, quarterback battle going into camp with. Like, obviously, you're not expecting to win the Super Bowl with that condition, or obviously those quarterbacks being a rookie, and the, obviously people don't have high hopes on Trubisky. But um, I'm I'm really excited for this off season in the next era. The Steelers, obviously, I appreciate everything Big Ben did, but I'm kind of ready for the next page and. Like I said, I just want a new stuff. I want a mobile quarterback. That's all I want. I wanted Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. I just I want Malik Willis now. He's my next guy. It's going to be a whole different offense if we get a mobile no, quarterback. I'm not stopping until I get my mobile quarterback. Alrighty, and another big NFL offseason addition made by you know a prominent team, the def- now the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, bringing in the Chicago Bears number one wide receiver Allen Robinson signed a uh, three year. $45 million deal with the Los Angeles Rams uh, coming in. Obviously, I would assume he knows he's going to be the number two behind Cup. This wide receiving core is now getting better, if you ask me, with Cup and Robinson. You got to think they're, I think they're still looking to try to keep Odell. I think Odell is going to be waiting towards the end of free agency, being with the injury he had. I mean, he's going to wait to sign a deal. I think it's going to be a you know, a team-friendly deal on the lower side of the money. He might be trying to run this thing back with L.A. Uh, you know, the, the team still looks good. Not too many losses, but um, I think if the Rams are able to keep Odell Beckham Jr., having Cup, Robinson, and OBJ, that's a disgusting wide receiving core. But obviously we know that the uh, Rams traded Robert Woods to Tennessee, so they do not have Robert Woods anymore. Uh, we forgot to mention that one as well. Mac- yeah, well, they didn't really have him last year either. I was, I was going to say, but um, he, was, he was injured last year, and that's why they brought in Odell. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good move for, for, um, for, both, Aaron Rod- I mean, for, for both Allen Robinson and the Rams here because – Robinson hasn't really been able to be himself. I feel like he hasn't been able to shine the past few years. You know, he was uh, on that Jacksonville team, and then he went to the Bears, and then, he, I don't know, he just hasn't been able to really put up the numbers that, he's like, that he used to in 2017 when that Jacksonville team was actually a good good, um, good like contenders. But uh, I think going to the Rams here, he's got Matt, Matt Stafford. He's got other options on the, t- on the team to take uh, take all the – commotion around him away so i think he can put up some good numbers this year. i think it's a good ad for them yeah jesse mentioned stafford gets the new deal um everyone on the rams you heard mcveigh say let's run this back uh it looks like aaron donald is coming back so it looks like the la rams are going to be looking to run this thing back uh, obviously we know they lost von miller going to buffalo um it's a big loss big addition for buffalo 
um, getting a big pass rusher on the defensive side of the ball. So a lot of off, a lot of additions this offseason in the NFL. This, I was talking to my cousin the one day. I told him this this offseason kind of reminds me of like an NBA offseason with all these big name moves going to different. Yeah, you don't teams. see this often in the you don't see this often in the NFL. Exactly, it's like all these big trades, Devontae, this Aaron Rodgers drama. I mean, this is now two years in a row. It's going to happen next year. Or so, but you know, all the big Russell Wilson, all these huge trades, Tyreek Hill. You know, you can go on and on. That's just trades. There's not usually big time trades in the NFL, but been a crazy offseason i'm definitely excited for you know the rest of it and as we look forward i already can't as i say every episode i can't wait for football so yeah let's look ahead at some of these nhl obviously the trade deadline came and went this past monday um let's look ahead at some of these additions that some of these nhl teams made at the deadline uh maybe to try to make a push some of these teams making additions to try to add uh to their lineup to make a run at the stanley cup or deep run in the playoffs uh, the other teams obviously trying to sell off, maybe look towards the future uh, with a disappointing season. So um, we'll start right ahead with our our teams because uh, they're right off the top of my head. Um, the Penguins came came went out and got Ricard Raquel off the Anaheim Ducks, giving up Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Simone, um, and I believe a draft pick or two. Um, I think that's a really good addition for the Penguins, getting a a skilled player to put in the wing and on the second, even uh, third line if he's having a tough night. But I definitely think the Penguins are, you know, gearing up to have another nice playoff run. We've been saying that. A uh, little bias coming out of my mouth being a Penguin fan, but I watch this team every night. They look really good. But obviously I know there is a lot of other talent in the, just the Eastern Conference, but also the whole NHL. But, Mackie, your New York Rangers made a couple of additions. We know that we talked about Kane, Patrick Kane last week going to the Rangers. Obviously we see that did not happen, but – uh, you guys brought in Justin Braun. You brought in Andrew Kopp off the Winnipeg Jets. Two big additions, in my opinion, uh, for the Rangers. We know they had the dis- disappointing game last night. We talked about that. But looking ahead at this Rangers team, do you see those additions? You know, were you, Is that something you're excited about? I think I see Kopp as a very skilled player, and I think he has the ability to score big goals in the playoff series. Yeah, I think uh, Andrew Kopp was definitely the biggest add that we had uh, at this deadline. We also got a Frank Pagano from the Panthers, which I don't know why Panthers would give us him. We're both pushing for the same thing right now, but it was a it was a money deal for them to get Giroux. Ah, uh, is that why? Yeah, because they had to pay. Well, the Flyers are paying half of Giroux's salary, but Florida obviously still had to clear up some space. Vitrano probably not making a ton of money. They still had to clear. Um, I think they, I saw Giroux makes like seven million, maybe more. I don't know. I, I don't know why I think I thought I saw seven million, but uh, f- f- I know the Flyers are for sure taking half of whatever Giroux makes. So the F- Panthers definitely had to clear up some space. So they probably sent you guys for Toronto. Would you send back a pick? I don't even know. Yeah, I think a pick or two. Yeah. So it was just a straight money move. Yeah, and then we got. I, I think Andrew Cobb would be real good for us. You know, we. We've just been kind of disappointing at times this season. Our our schedule coming up was pretty light, and I wanted to go on a bit a bit of a winning streak here. But you know, you lose in Jersey. You know, after after beating we beat the Lightning and the Hurricanes back to back, you lose to Jersey. This doesn't that's make any just, sense. That's just how it goes. Sometimes you beat those high skill high level teams. You know, we see it with a lot of these teams. I've seen it with the Penguins. They go they go to like to Montreal and they can't score a goal. But you know the Avalanche will come here and we'll win five one. It's just like 
super frustrating, but that's just how hard the NHL is to pick and call. But that's what makes it so exciting is that any team can win on any given night in the NHL. It's nothing like the NFL where you kind of have a good idea of who's going to win the game, um, obviously with refs aside in the NFL. but um, One game a week. It's... Yeah, exactly. There's definitely been a couple other big moves. Um, I'm going to look up the official list, but back in any right off the top of your head that you know, that you want to talk about? Obviously, Drew. We can talk about um, Drew. We put, yeah, what was that? There, there, there's a few other ones. Flur- I got a couple. Um, Mark Andre Flurry, Flurry to Minnesota. I like that. I don't. I don't like Talbot. I, I think Talbot. I don't know. He's he's real shaky for a team that that wants to make a playoff push. Yeah, yeah. I I, I agree. I I feel like every time I bet on Minnesota, they lose or bet against them, they win. And they have a really good record, so I just kind of stopped touching their games. But another trade that I have pop up, I'm pulled up a list of them. Max Domi. It seems like he's starting to bounce around a lot, but Max Domi is going to Carolina. Columbus gets back Aiden Breshik and Igor Korshkov, a forward and a defenseman. Um, Florida gets a six-round pick, a little three-way trade. So uh, Max Domi now on another team. Let's see here. Any other big ones going to pop up? Here's the Andrew Kopp deal. Rangers getting Andrew Kopp in a six-round pick. Winnipeg getting Morgan Barron, two conditional second-round picks, and a 2023 fifth-rounder. Derek Broussard headed to Edmonton. Derek Broussard headed to Edmonton. um, Back to Philadelphia getting a fourth-round pick. The official trade was Pittsburgh receiving Ricardo Kell. Anaheim getting Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, a prospect, and a 2022 second round pick. Another good one for the Rangers, Tyler Mott, nice little penalty killer from the Vancouver Canucks going back as a fourth round pick. So definitely the Rangers going, you know, getting addressing issues that they feel they have, kind of trying to get their pieces before the playoffs and see what they can do. Obviously, yeah, they're trying to go all in, which like they should, you know. We have the team this year. We have the goaltending. I was gonna say, you have the, it's just all that matters is you have the hot goalie. We have, yeah. I mean, he's been a little shaky re- recently, but at the end of the day, he's most trustworthy goalie in the NHL, in my opinion. So yeah, him and Vasilevsky. Yeah, I was gonna say Vasilevsky too. It's just the fact that like someone brought up a point today on Spitting Chicklets: the fact that Vasilevsky has never has never lost back to back playoff games. That's insane. Yeah, that team's also won back-to-back Stanley Cup. I think, so. it, I think it was Whit- Whitney said that. He was like, sorry, Ran-, he was literally said, he was like, sorry, Rangers fans, but until Shesterkin win, doesn't lose back-to-back playoff games or something, like, it's just like, like obviously, yeah, exactly. It's like, obviously, like, that's so hard to do and the team that he's on with the superstars, but, you know, it's just so tough. They're obviously the two greatest goalies in the NHL right now, but. I think it's tough to say whoever gets hot. It would be crazy if somehow you two played each other in the playoffs. If you did, if we're we... probably gonna. It's very possible a first round matchup. Yeah, that goaltending match. I'd bet the under every single fucking game in that series. Yeah, it'd be five at some point. Yeah, it literally would just oh, be in five playoff? in the playoffs. It'll probably be five in almost every game. Yeah, if that happens, this uh this. You know, we're both of us are also catching up to the Hurricanes. Yeah, Hurricanes been shaky lately. 
So, you know, the Mets still up, up for grabs. Yeah, All definitely. Three of us. You, you guys gained a game on us, or two points on us last night, which is we just got brutal. A, I mean, we got a point tonight, and hopefully yeah. gonna, hopefully going to get another here. Sitting in overtime right now, 3-3, three, three, three minutes left. Yeah, you should have. The Metro is so tight. Yeah, the Metro is so tight. Yeah, no other division is like this. Look at the other divisions. It's nothing like this. Nothing it, like Maybe the Atlantic, but like not not really. Not as close. Yeah, it's nowhere near as compact and that many teams making a push for four spots. Every team that makes it in the East is going to have 100 points. That's crazy. I've never seen that before. That is, honestly, that's very realistic that that happens. It's like, a, it's going to happen. Caps have 80 points with 17 games left. They need 20 points in 17 games. Yeah. Going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, just any team can be anybody in the playoffs. We've seen it a thousand times. We've seen Columbus sweep. Who would they sweep? Tampa? Like three years ago. Remember when Columbus swept Tampa like three years ago? Yeah. First round, Tampa was favorites. Yeah. That was, I found out today also, that was that year. There hasn't been a favorite. Colorado is about as favorited as Tampa Bay was that year, but not like, I think Colorado right now is like plus, I don't know what they are going into the. I think they're like 400. I think they went low. I think they're in the threes now. I think they're three ninety, four hundred. So yeah, I think the I think this time when the that season when the Lightning lost to Tam, or Columbus in the first round, they were under four hundred or three ninety or something. So someone said like there hasn't been a team as favored it as um, that Tampa Bay team as this Colorado team, obviously being right there. So um, and that team lost in the first round. So. Not saying anything that I see this Colorado team losing in the first round, but you brought that point up, so I just thought I'd say that because I heard that today. Igor, Igor is minus four hundred to win Vezina right now. What is he to win the actual MVP? Plus three hundred. Is the favorite Matthews? No, three hundred. Yeah, but he's plus Igor's plus three hundred. He's in second. To win the heart? Austin Matthews. Yeah. On FanDuel, it goes Matthews plus 150. It says Matthews plus 160 on DraftKings. And for FanDuel, it goes Matthews plus 150, McDavid plus 350, Shesterkin plus 700. Bro, Shesterkin's plus 300 on DraftKings, and McDavid's plus 450. That's crazy. That's crazy. To see the difference in the books. That is insane. If I bought a Shisterkin future on DraftKings and I saw this on FanDuel, I'd be pissed. I'd be so pissed. If you're going to grab one, you should definitely grab it on fucking FanDuel, though. Yeah. Do you think he can do it? When's the last time nah, I think... Not with the I run he's on right now. What? Not with this run he's on right now. Yeah, he's got pulled in two, in the last, two games in the last like three or four starts. Matthews is going to lock it up. He did, he's earned it. He's been, the, honestly, the best player. Yeah, he's there. 
Which side is minus one twenty for the cut for the call today? Yeah, I said last week getting him at plus one hundred is free money. Yeah. Me being a Red Wings fan, I'm so excited for the future of this team. They're gonna be so good the next couple of years. You guys said it, NHL coming down to it. Seventeen, eighteen games left here. Let's look ahead. Obviously, like I said, this past weekend we had the first two rounds of March Madness. This weekend we have the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight games. Let's you know, let's look ahead at some of those games. I have my bracket pulled up. I don't know if you guys want to pull yours up. We can kind of go through each of these individual games and see who we each of us have, just kind of a sake of conversation and kind of make a couple points on why we like each team, maybe make a final four pick, maybe moving on from here. What do you think? I think we should um yeah, talk about it, and then we can each give like a our own final four, and then our own, our own winner. Yeah, I like that. Alrighty, we'll start up top. We're gonna have first game, or not necessarily first game, but top game on the bracket in the West. We got Gonzaga in Arkansas. I have Gonzaga winning this game. They are the team that I see in the final four and national championship game. So I have them beating Arkansas. That's nothing against Arkansas. I was kind of riding Arkansas all regular season, but I think their season comes to an end here against Gonzaga. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, Arkansas is a team that I've bet on the entire year. They've been they won me a lot of money, but Gonzaga's just too good at this point. The only team I can really see beating Gonzaga is Kansas, and they can't see them until the championship. So Yeah. I I like that spread though. Not plus nine and a half for Arkansas. I haven't looked at any of the spreads for uh, the Sweet 16 yet. It's a lot of points. Yeah. It's just Timmy and Holmgren. I absolutely love Gonzaga to win this game, but Arkansas is definitely going to cover. What about Duke, Texas Tech? Who do you got winning that one? I got Duke. Just because of Krzyzewski? No. I just think Duke matches up in that game. I think Bancaro has a nice game, but I do have Duke losing the next game to Gonzaga. This is a this is a good matchup for Duke, I will say. Texas Tech is very reliant on their defense and Duke is very offensive heavy, so you know, good offense beats better defense. Yeah. So I think Duke moves on and then loses to Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. Alright, what about Arizona Houston? Arizona and Houston. I have Arizona moving on. I could see Houston winning this game. Houston really surprised me last week or uh, last game. Who did they play again? Oh, Illinois. Illinois. They they blew them out. Yeah. Houston looks good. Houston does not look like a five seed. They're they're more like a two or a three seed. This this should be a really good game. Yeah. This... Arizona didn't. They didn't look their best last last uh, last game against TCU. So they got lucky, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited for this game. I have Arizona. Um, and uh, We'll look at the other game in the South right now real quick before we say who we like in the next one. But uh, we have Michigan and Villanova, 11 seed versus 2 seed. Who do you have moving on? I, I like Villanova. Yeah, I, I, I see uh, Michigan's run come to an end here. I'm, I mean, I've been wrong a few times about Michigan already, but Villanova is just too experienced. You know, you got Connor Gle- Colin Gillespie. Colin Gillespie, my bad. He's uh, he's in his like fifth year. He's 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 too good. He's really good, and I really hate him, but he's really good. 
So uh, I think Villanova should definitely move on here. Did you see the meme where it was like, has anyone ever seen that Ryan Giacchino and Colin Gillespie in the same room? Who's that? The the dude that passed the ball to Chris Jenkins when they won the national championship, you know, the point guard? Oh, oh, oh. They were like, have you ever seen these two in the same room and it's pictures of them? It's so funny. It's funny. It's like Villanova just Villanova stays relevant by just cloning their players. <laughs> he really is like he just is a guy that never leaves college. He's like Ron Baker. Yeah. Let's move on to the East Division. We got North Carolina and UCLA. I like this game a lot, but um, I, um, I like UCLA to win this. This this is gonna be a really good game. I mean, North Carolina's they're running right now. I was gonna say this is a very toss up game. It, I, part of me thinks North Carolina. If North Carolina wins this game, they go to the Final Four. Yeah, I think that, I don't think Purdue has it to get there, and I obviously don't think St. Peter should be in the Final Four. But I think North Carolina, if they win this game, I think whoever wins this game is gonna go to the Final Four. I think it'll be really close. North Carolina, dude, they're rolling right now. That big white guy down low, he's yeah. good. I don't know. UCLA is pretty good too, though. Juzang, Tiger Camp. Yeah, they got they got names. It'll be a toss up, you know. It'll be a good game. That is gonna be a good game. I want to And then we got Purdue, St. Peter's. This is where uh, I think I see St. Peter's run come to an end. I really want St. Peter's here. I think everyone's <laughs> rooting for them, but. Jay I really Ivey, hope dude. they make it happen. Jesse's the biggest St. Peter's Peacock fan. Let's go, dude, Peacock. Who's not a St. Peter's fan right now? You see that guy, that white kid, the one white kid on Dougie the team? Dirt. He got a, an IL, a, NIL deal with uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. That's sick. Yeah. Crazy what this, what this tournament does for you. you win, win a few games. Yeah, I, I agree though. I think I think Purdue wins this game. Don't don't count St. Peter's out to cover though. No, definitely not. This this could be a good game. I... Does anyone have the spread on that? Uh it was nine and a half, I think. Oh, they can cover that. Twelve and a half. I love oh, they can half. cover that. I love That's crazy. I like it too. I don't know. We'll see. It could also be a forty-point game. Like I'm riding. I'm dying with the Peacocks. We'll see. All right. Next up. You know you're gonna have those idiots to take St. Peter's plus six ten money line, but if it hits, I mean, you had those idiots. I probably took them plus seventeen hundred. Yeah. I wish I was one of them. Yeah. Well, I had Kentucky going pretty far, so it wasn't me. Final four. I had him in the championship in one of my leagues, or one of my brackets. All right, Kansas-Providence, what do you think? I like I like Kansas here. I, I Dude, I love Providence, but I, Kansas is just too good. Mm-hmm. Coming out, they 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 won the hardest conference in college basketball. They, they're rolling right now. They, I mean, there aren't, I don't see many teams beating them. Yeah, I think Kansas, obviously, with what's going on in the other um, side of the Midwest bracket with the other game being Iowa State and Miami, I think Kansas wins this game against Providence and then um, beats Iowa State or Miami. 
Yeah, I actually had Miami going into the Elite Eight and losing to Kansas. So uh, there was a lot of people that's... that picked Miami. I had them losing. The Dude, draw. Miami was not a ten seed. Miami was good. I bet on them all year. They're so good. I knew they were gonna come to get this far, and now they're gonna win again. They're not gonna lose to Iowa State. Iowa State's been. Dude, what's crazy is the turnaround Iowa State had. They had two wins last year. Yeah, that is crazy. Did they had two wins last year? Yeah. Damn. Still got three Big 12 teams in it. Yeah. Only one Big 10, Michigan. Is Purdue Big 10 or are they SEC? Purdue, no, Purdue's Big 10. Should have four. Baylor should be in it, but... Who's your final four? All right. Out of the Midwest, I got Kansas. I like that. Out of the South? I like that. Out of the South, I'm going to... Yeah, Kansas. Out of the South, I'm going to go with Houston. I think they come out. I think they uh, beat Arizona, and then Villanova's not going to beat Houston. I don't think it happens. Then out of the West, I got Gonzaga. And then out of the East, I'm going to go with UCLA. I think they come out of the East here. I think they get this win, and then they move past Purdue. Then I'll go with uh, Gonzaga, Kansas, final. And then I, I, I don't know. I got, I'm going to say Kansas wins this one. I'm going to say Gonzaga blows it again. Yeah. But, you know, that's just a prediction. They, they're known to do it when they get there. I think Gonzaga's a better team. Uh, I guess you, you could say Gonzaga's a more skilled team. I don't know. This Kansas team's really good, and they've proven it all year. It's hard to bet against them. Yeah. I'll get here. I'll give you mine. Coming out of the West, I I have Gonzaga as well. I have them beating Duke in the Elite Eight um, to move on to the Final Four. The, the In the East, fucked up this part of my bracket. I had Purdue and UCLA both in the Sweet 16, and I did not have North Carolina or St. Peter's, obviously. But I in this spot, I had Baylor and Kentucky going on to the Elite Eight, but in this situation, I'm going to go with North Carolina going on to the Final Four, but I definitely, it definitely kills me to say that against UCLA. We said that. We like whoever wins that UNC and UNC, UCLA game, but I'm going yeah, to go with North Carolina. It would be as crazy as it would be to see North Carolina versus Duke in the Final Four and maybe North Carolina knock out Krzyzewski in his last season. But um, I do like Gonzaga. I'm going to go North Carolina. I'm going to go Arizona out of the South. I have them in the national championship in my bracket. Uh, I'm going to ride with them. And then I'm going to go with Kansas, the skill team. Uh, I do li- I do like them. So I'm going to go Arizona beats Kansas in the Final Four, and Gonzaga beats uh, North Carolina. And I have Gonzaga winning the national championship over Arizona. Arizona, okay. Yeah, definitely possible, you know. This thing can go any which way right now. A lot of teams that are that are uh, worthy of winning this tournament this year. Arizona tomorrow night is only a one and a half point favorite over Houston. I dude, I think I think that's a really good matchup. I think uh, you know they could definitely lose that game, but. I think whoever wins that game is going to come, is going to come out of that. Yeah, I feel the same way about that as I do about North Carolina, UCLA. Jesse, who do you have? Honestly, 
Gonzaga, probably, a, I hate to say it, but probably Purdue. You like Purdue? I don't love them, but I don't love UCLA. I don't love North Carolina. Purdue's definitely good enough. They I are. just don't see it. They are. They're obviously the most favorited to win this game. So you know they're going to at least, should be at least in the Elite Eight. Right. Correct. On the other side, can't take out Kansas. And then, give me Arizona. I think Arizona is going to be up there, and I, I think it's going to be a big matchup of a lot of the one seeds. Uh, you know, me, I'm saying Arizona and Kansas and yeah, I, was, I said Zaga. all three of those too. I like, didn't realize all three of those were one seeds until you just said that. Yeah, which you know, how often does that happen? But I think it might be Gonzaga's year. Do you have Gonzaga versus Kansas? Yeah. Honestly, Gonzaga versus Kansas. So you have Kansas beating Purdue, Final Four. Yeah, without a doubt on that one. I just think it would be crazy if Duke gets North Carolina. So Duke somehow beats Gonzaga. I just don't see it happening. Duke's, I, I, I think Duke's a little overrated this, this year. Isn't, I've, I've said it all year, I, dude. My, I've my most confident bet of the college basketball season so far was Virginia Tech in the ACC championship. I love that. I love that game. I'm, I've been betting. I had North Carolina and Krzyzewski's last game at Cameron. I've been. There's been a lot of games where I've bet against Duke taking their away to, or the other team spread, and it's been very good for me. But let's see. What's the spread tomorrow? Duke plus one against Texas Tech. Do you like that, Mackie? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. All these spreads tomorrow are so tight. Gonna be good games, dude. I can't wait. Start. No, I'm excited. Starts at seven with Gonzaga, Arkansas. You guys like you guys like you guys like Arkansas plus nine and a half in that. I do. Gonzaga hasn't covered a, a spread yet. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I like Arkansas there. With the points, but I do think Gonzaga wins the game. Obviously, we've said that. Um, Michigan Villanova, Villanova minus five. Yeah, I think they cover that five points, Brad. I do too. I think it get, I think it gets away from Michigan at the end. I think it make it like 11, 13, 11 to thirteen point game. Yeah. Texas Tech Duke, Texas Tech minus one. Who do you like? I'd take a money line here. I'll tell you the money lines. Texas Tech minus 118. Duke minus 102. For now, I'm going to say... Um, I'll say Duke on the money line. I actually like the over in that game. 137. I think both teams are able to score with... Uh, I know Texas Tech has the, the good defense, but I think Duke's able to score. and I think Texas Tech is able to put up points as well on Duke's lack of defense, so... Yeah, they do have a pretty trash defense. I do, I do like the over in that game. I'm sitting at 137 and a half. I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. Um, I like that half. I think we could be looking at that for a pick tomorrow night. I do really like that over. I, I As everyone knows, we don't usually touch over-unders, but when I like one, it's usually for good reason. Next game, tomorrow night, we're just, I'm just putting together a little four-leg parlay to see what we, we're looking at out of the four games tomorrow. And then we got Houston, Arizona. Mackie, you like Houston? 
I do. I love. I, love, I really like Houston you, here. You, they win this. I was gonna say, would you take the plus one and a half, or would you take the plus one or five money line? If anything, I would make it plus two. I would just buy a half point, but uh, I'll probably just take the money line. That's another game. Well, plus one or over under sitting at one forty five. It's tough. A little higher over under, but still. Dude, Arizona scores eighty points every single yeah, game. I was gonna say it's another game. I like the over there. Look at you, Huff, talking about overs. Yeah. You know, if I like them, I like them. Definitely, I like that Duke Texas Tech over a lot more though. Yeah, I like that. I like that as well. I like Villanova minus five a lot, too. I think those could be two picks we're looking at for tomorrow. Stay tuned to the Instagram. March Madness Sweet 16 is here. Lead eight, final four, coming down to it. We'll be reviewing that next week. Super excited for that. Super excited for the NHL playoffs. A lot of good stuff coming down the wire for the NFL. That's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Take it away, boys. Thanks for listening. Another week in, another week out. Like we said, a lot going on in the NFL free agency. Uh, NHL trade on, trade deadline came and went. Uh, looking ahead, you know, we got NHL playoffs coming up, NBA. And as you said, we got Sweet 16, Elite 8, college basketball this weekend. A lot going on. Stay tuned to the Instagram, TikTok, stuff like that. Uh, per usual, but hand it over to Mackie before we get out of here. Thanks for listening. Yeah, boys, another week gone. You know, good conversation. A lot going on in sports right now. We got March Madness coming to a close. We got uh, NHL playoffs coming up, NBA playoffs coming up. We'll start talking about that as the playoffs come around. Yeah, that's really it. And that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Hit the Books Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our various social media platforms. Instagram at hitthebooks.pod, Twitter at hitthebooks underscore pod, website at hitthebookspod.com for all the latest on Hit the Books. And be sure to always study hard. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.